Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome into another edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you, the Patriots Colts post-game pod. George, we thought it was going to be bad. I, did, I don't know about you, I don't think it was going to be this bad. It was 26-3. Some of the worst offense somehow for how bad the Denver game was. They were seemingly even worse offensively in this game. So we have a lot to unpack between the play call, between the offensive line, between Sam Ellinger's struggles. There is one bright spot, the defense. I mean, it doesn't mean much, but hey, at least the defense looked pretty good against this Patriots offense. George, again, I'll just kind of, I guess, ask you the question. We both were pretty low on both offenses coming to this game. We both had pretty low scoring games. We both had the Patriots winning. So, hey, we guess we got that right, I guess. That's feather in our cap. But this in offense, yeah, well, let's get hot. We're hot right now to the Colts. This offense was, I think, worse than we ever could have anticipated on both sides, but especially, obviously, the Colts. Uh, I'll be honest. Stephen Holder can back me up on this. We'll, we'll have to try to get him on at, at some point. Uh, you know, we were talking in the media room on, I believe it was Thursday, and, and somebody said, I think it was me, you know, if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play, how many points do they score in this game? And I said three. So they were wow. not worse than I thought they were going to be. Um, but I said George I thought it would be a Shaq Leonard interception that would give him those three points. So <laughs> I didn't have that down. Um, but, you know, I, I honestly, this is what I expected. When when Taylor went out, I, I called for 17 points on the pod. I was really excited, uh, giving him a, a boost there. Um, but as soon as it became clear that Taylor wasn't going to play, I, I assumed that Bill Belichick would do exactly what he did. Shut off the running game completely, just completely choke it off. And then force, you know, a quarterback making a second start to read his defense and make plays. And the result of that is 99% of the time going to end up with what you just saw out there uh, today. If we sound just to, I just want to throw this out there to start the pod. If we sound, I guess, a little joyful or just if you hear a lot of laughing, we're laughing through the pants. Like at this point with how bad the offense we just watched, it's just at this point, at least for me personally, Part of the way to cope with it is just to laugh. Just laugh at the mediocrity. Laugh at the struggles because, boy, George, there was a lot to laugh at. You mentioned it. The Patriots did what we thought and almost kind of feared with Sam Ellinger. Make him beat you with with, with his arm. You don't really blitz him. You drop seven. We talked about Andy Hart on uh, Friday's preview pod. Drop, you know, six, seven, eight guys. Make Sam Ellinger beat you with his arm. And, boy, could he not do that. 15 and 29, George. 103 passing yards. Did have one pick six at the end of the game was sacked nine times for 60 yards. So we're talking about almost, almost as many sack yards as pass yards. Colts are over 
on third down, 0 for 14. Uh, it was a final tally, first time since 2017. Uh, the Scott Tolzien game, the infamous opener against the Rams, where the Colts did not have a first down. So it all leads to ugly, awful offensive football. But again, not to be expected, but I will say this. One of the areas that I'm very frustrated with after this game that I was expecting better in was play calling. Because you mentioned it, no Jonathan Taylor, so you knew it was going to be tough sledding. You kind of saw a Patriots team, and you knew Bill Belichick was going to try his best uh, to really kind of make Sam Ellinger beat him with his arm. And I really thought one of the ways the Colts could have some success against a leaky Patriots defense, an inconsistent Patriots defense at times that we know historically has had trouble with mobile quarterbacks, was get Sam Ellinger out on the roll, get him out on the edge, and at least whether give him the option to run or pass, and at least cut down half the field and make the throws easy for him, make the reads easier for him, because we've seen a lot of young quarterbacks get confused. And by my tally, George, I may have missed one, but by my tally, I didn't see one designed rollout one naked bootleg whatsoever to kind of get Sam Ellinger rolling in a direction, rolling away from the pass rush, especially a pass rush early on we saw was having a day. What a surprise of the Colts offensive line. It, that was the most, to me, maddening part. Frank Reich is a very good offensive coach. He's very creative. He's aggressive. And you saw absolutely none of that. None of that. On Sunday, it was the most vanilla game plan possible. It almost felt like Frank Reich was coaching scared again because he didn't want to make Sam Ellinger make a mistake. And obviously, as we know, that led to a grand total of three points. Three points and, what, 121 total yards? Um, I mean, you can't. Look, I'm not going to stand here and defend the play calling the way it turned out because obviously uh, what they were doing was not working. 0 for 14 on third down, 121 total yards. Uh, you know, you've now played three straight so road games. You've got one combined touchdown now in the last three road games this year. I mean, those are those are horrific totals. Uh, the only thing I'll say is I think it goes back to this offensive line. I mean, you were, you were talking about, you know, the, that the Patriots were going to drop guys in coverage. Well, you do that, and you think you're going to give up some pressure normally. They got nine sacks without blitzing. The front four came after Sam Ellinger and got nine sacks, and I think – that's indicative of, of where the issues are right now. The offensive line is making it so easy on opposing defense coordinators. You can basically do whatever you want because they're not going to stop you. You know, if you run a stunt somewhere in, in, in the course of the game, you're going to get a sack. That's been proven again and again. Play any kind of game up front and you're going to get a free rusher. So I don't, yeah. I mean, could you call more rollouts? Sure. That's absolutely. I'm not going to defend the play calling the way it was. My whole argument is I don't know what plays you can call right now and you're going to get much different results. I, I don't – you're still going to end up with free rushers. You're still going to end up with, you know, a defense that doesn't respect the the passing game whatsoever. I mean, you watch the Patriots. They had no fear. None. No fear. That they were going to get – you know, that, that there was going to be any kind of problem for them through the air. And – I, I just feel like if there had been more rollouts, there had just been a few more batted balls, maybe a couple more interceptions. I, I don't think anything was going to happen good for this offense today. That That's me and my, my, my rain cloud that follows me around all the time speaking. I mean, you're probably right. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, portray it as Sam Ellinger would have had, you know, a great day. This Colts offense would have scored three touchdowns. If, you know, basically he's rolling out of the pocket like uh, they kind of do in Chicago, which just feels all the time. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I actually agree. I don't think much is changing. But at least try something. Like, I feel like watching this game, George, is like you're stuck in the literal definition of insanity when you drop back, you keep in the pocket. And again, it's a little game where the, uh, the defensive end you know, loops around, comes inside, and has a free run on the quarterback. For the most part, it's Matt Ryan. Now it's Sam Ellinger the last few games is the one that's you know the recipient of a lot of these hits. And it's just like, especially early in the game, George, the first three drives of the game, 
three sacks. And it's like right away, even if you wanted to have a game plan of, we're going to have Sam Ellinger throw from the pocket. We're going to try to keep our offense somewhat similar. And that's going to – our best way we think about how to beat the, this Patriots defense. Clearly, th for the first three drives, you knew right away that's not going to work. You got to change something. Even if you're right, and even if the game plays out like you're saying, which, again, I think you are right. You probably would have done that. At least you could say you tried. At least Frank Wright could say, I threw the kitchen sink out and nothing worked, but at least I tried. It doesn't even feel like they're trying. Like It's just like, I, oh, you got dropped back. Oh, let's just do it again. Nothing's changing. And it's just like, why you keep on doing the same thing over and over again. I think it goes back to what we talked about last week. I think it's more apparent now than it was then. We talked about last week. I don't think a lot of other people were necessarily on the same boat with us, but they are now. Reich doesn't trust this quarterback. I mean, I, that's no. what I saw last week from the way the play calling was. And that, to me, is the only answer to, to what you're talking about. We've seen him try a thousand different things with Matt Ryan, from changing the tempo to going to complete no huddle to, you know, all sorts of things. They threw 58 passes in one game with him. Here... It's fourth and one, and they, and they threw a pitch. They didn't even trust the yeah, quarterback to throw the ball on fourth and one. I mean, I'm not defending any of it. I still think you're right. I think ultimately, you still got to do it. You know, ultimately, hey, if, if you don't feel, if you're so worried about him and, and you have so little trust in him, then what's he doing on the field? Put in Nick Foles. I mean, I don't care. You know, at, at this point, if you're going to just keep running the same thing like you were talking about and get sacked nine times, and not convert on any third down. Why not? Why is the quarterback out there? Like I, you know, and that you know because I said it on the air. I was against this move from the start, and this is why I said then I don't care who the quarterback is. Just go get Dan Marino in his prime. This line is not going to let you put up a lot of points. And I think people see that now. I think, and obviously Jonathan Taylor being out made it worse. But Matt Ryan won two games without John Jonathan Taylor on the field. They were two and zero without him. So it's not just that. You know, the line can't pass protect. They're not getting any push in the run game. And you don't trust the quarterback. And to me, the 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 end result, either you don't trust the quarterback or you're not calling these plays for some other unforeseeable reason. I mean, to me, I, 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 that's what comes down to me. They don't trust the quarterback. And if you don't, why is he playing? I agree. I mean, and that's part of the, you know, when we had that, you know, um, breaking news pod when Sam Ellinger was announced to start on that Monday and we did an emergency pod kind of reacting to it. one of the things I thought we did a really good job on and harping on was the fact that they announced it for the rest of the season, which you're talking mm -hmm. about at that point, it was 10 games. It's like, if this gets ugly fast, the seat, like two months is an eternity in the NFL. 10 games, is a very long sample size to watch an offense. Like right now we're watching. I mean, you, George, we're talking about not even being able to string together two first downs. We're talking about, you know, having negative yards, almost by halftime and setting franchise records for like fewest total yards gained in a quarter and a half. The Colts set another record or at least, you know, lead the league uh, this year in trailing every game in the fourth quarter. One thing we talked about in the preview pod, just even if you lose a game, can you get a lead at halftime in the fourth or going to the fourth quarter over two on both of those ventures yet again. But what I don't understand is maybe George, this is part of the reason why Marcus Brady got fired. We don't know, but I never forget like that press conference with Marcus Brady when he was, you know, getting questions about the move and what Sam Ellinger brings. They were talking about and openly talking about we are going to try to yes. roll him out of the pocket more. We're going to have an offense that's again catered to what he does well. And you watch this game to on Sunday. You watch last week against the Commanders, George. You can't see the difference in the offense between when Matt Ryan is there and Sam Ellinger is there. That's a problem. They're no, two totally right. different quarterbacks, but the offense is literally the exact same. 
No, you're absolutely right. Like they're, they're, that's all they talked about was nakeds and, and bootlegs and, you know, rollouts. And I, they did a little bit of that against Washington, a very little bit, not, not a lot. I didn't see it at all today. Um, yeah. I, again, I don't know. To me, the only answer to that is, is you don't trust your quarterback. And, and, you know, I, I don't know where you're going with this uh, as an offense at this point, because like you said, you can keep trying it this way. It's not going to work. If he's going to be out there, then you've got to trust him. You've got to be able to, to, to try to use the things that you said were his strengths, you know, try to get him out there on the run. There's no doubt about it. If he's going to play moving forward and he is, then you've got to trust him. You've got to, you've got to start calling those rollouts, calling those bootlegs and seeing if he can make something happen because it definitely isn't happening. And it, look, every game won't be this bad. We talked about it going in. The Patriots aren't a classic new England team, but Belichick is going to, you could probably give him Boston college's defense today. And he was going <laughs> to put up a pretty good job because he knew what he had to do. I mean, it, and, and that's what I think is going to be scary moving forward. There's a blueprint here now. And you kind of know it's the same thing they did last year when Carson Wentz got erratic late in the year. And people just said, we don't think Jonathan Taylor can beat us by himself. And most of the time they were right. Load that box, choke off the running game, force them to make plays through the air. This line's not holding up uh, to even give the quarterback a chance. I mean, we really don't know what Sam Eller can do throwing the ball downfield, much like we didn't get to see Matt Ryan throw the ball downfield because there's, there's no chance to do it. And I think you're right. The only chance you would have is if you maybe get him out on the move and, and let him maybe extend a play that way. Um, to me, it's either start trusting your quarterback or put somebody else in there. And one of the plays that was I thought, damning on both, because again, we questioned Sam Ellinger's ability to make throws down the field. I believe it was the third quarter, if my memory serves me right. He was rolling out, and I thought Adam Archula did a great job breaking it down. Ellinger was on, uh, on outside the pocket, rolling out to his right, and had a receiver. I think it looked like to me Michael Pittman Jr. They didn't zone, uh, zone in too much, but it looked to be him like we had a step deep, and they did not. You know, he did not pull the trigger. He said he ran out of bounds. And it's one of those things where you wonder if you are Frank Reich. That's one of the reasons why you didn't want to play him because you want to take it. You know, the, you mentioned it. There's never really an opportunity to throw the ball deep whatsoever. The one opportunity you do have, you'll want to at least see him rip it. Just take it, like, just see what happens, whether it's a pass interference call, whether it's, you know, he, he makes a catch. Worst case is a pick. It's kind of like a long punt with the way this offense is going anyway, and the Patriots are deep in their own end. Anything but right now, just kind of taking the, the three-yard run because this Colts offense is so bad, George. We talked about the lack of explosives. There's zero life, and you mentioned there's zero threat past 10 yards for this defense to worry about. It's awful. And, I, and I, I mean, we talked about that too, you know, in, in the preview pod. If you set a fire in this league, you got to put it out. This is going to be a blueprint moving forward. I mean, if you're the Raiders – you're looking at this and you're going to at least line up the same way. I don't know if they've got the personnel or the coaching to, to run it the same way wow. that new England did, you know, that those are different kind of arguments, but you're at least going to come out in the same looks, right? I mean, you're at least going to try the same general idea. I would think all eight opponents the rest of the way are. And, and to me, yeah, I think at some point you've got to get Allinger on the move. You've got to get him out there. And, you know, again, you said the reason you put him in was his legs, then use them. We'll get to the offensive line here in a second, but let's wrap up this first segment, George, with this discussion uh, or this topic because we did kind of mention the preview pod that this was going to be a game, at least I thought going in, to kind of see the gauge of Frank Reich, if he still has a control of the team, if the guy's still responding to him, kind of how they play, if they're playing hard. I thought defensively they played really hard um, throughout the entire game. There's really, you know, very... 
there was very little instance of Frank Reich's voice, let's say, being lost or just the team kind of just completely unraveling. But I wonder from an offensive perspective, this is going to start first maybe, because you mentioned we are seeing right now the little definition of insanity with this offense. They're kind of doing – they're running the same thing with Sam Ellinger. He clearly shows you between him and the offensive line, they cannot hold up to what the play calling is, but yet the play calling is not changing to either fit the personnel or kind of fit, you know, or change to make it life easier for these struggling units. I think we're going to see a situation coming soon, George, where it, not a mutiny that's that's too strong. And I don't think there's players like that that would kind of have an uprising. But Frank Reich is kind of digging his own grave right now, even worse than it already is, because it's I don't know if you're an offensive player, how you could trust what he's doing and what he's calling, because especially if you're a receiver, tight end, running back, you see what's not working. And then you constantly hear the play call coming in of just basically the same thing over and over again. I mean, there's already some guys frustrated on the offense. You know, we saw Michael Pittman kind of being open last week with some of his frustration, um, and I think that's only going to grow. I mean, it, that's just natural. That's human nature. I, I don't know how you could be out there right now. I'm sure the offensive line is frustrated too. You know, they feel like they need to get the job done, and I think that's part of what's going on right now. You're kind of stuck in a vicious circle of negativity right now where the offensive line gets angry with itself because it's it's not playing up to its standard, and they, they can't get out of that cycle. And that just feeds into the rest of the offense. And I think eventually that's going to start leading to something um, that I just think it's human nature. It's going to start leading to something even more negative than what you're seeing right now, uh, because you've got to find an answer, right? I mean, you've got to find an answer. And, and what that is, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like it was working with Matt Ryan, you know, when, when he was out there. It wasn't like they were humming along and, and you know, playing great offense. Um so I don't know what the answer is moving forward. I, I think that's what's so frustrating for everyone. You've tried so many different things already this year, different starters, and they pulled Matt Pryor halfway through the game today uh, at right guard, you know, and I, and I don't think it helped. I mean, we talked about the offensive line having troubles. It didn't help that Dennis Kelly really didn't play. I, he might have started the game. He was not out there very long no. uh, at all. He obviously was injured throughout the week and, and was a game-time decision. Uh, and Bernard Raymond, you know, had a lot of trouble against this New England team, as you would expect him to. I mean, it goes back to, I think, look, at the end of the year, we've been saying this for weeks. Frank Reich's probably cooked. You know, I mean, that's just the way these things go. Uh, you're an offensive head coach. Your offense is 30th in the league in scoring coming into today. That might they might be last. Uh, you know, I don't know how far ahead they were of 32nd, but three points is not going to push that yeah. that very far uh, in 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 the right direction. So I think you know that's that's pretty much done, but. We really haven't talked a lot about the things that Chris Ballard did, you know, that, that have affected this season. And I, think that left, and I think that left tackle spot is at the top of the list. I mean, we keep talking about the offensive line and how they're the root of all evil right now. Well, you know, you've had, what, three different left tackles now with Matt Pryor and, and Bernard Raymond and then Dennis Kelly. And it, you're not getting it done. And I think that was, you know, to come into the year with the idea that, that the left tackle spot wasn't going to be important with any quarterback, but especially with Matt Ryan, who's a veteran and was immobile, was probably not the right thought. And now you're not giving your, your kid much of a chance to, to make plays either because, I mean, you saw today. I mean, all you got to do is watch the game. If you think Sam Ellinger had a legit shot, you watch a different game than I did. And again, it goes back to trading away Naeem Hines. Like they are doing, I we are both on the same page. He's not very good. And it's not like it's, we're surprised playing this bad, but also at the same time, it's like they're truly not giving him a realistic chance to earn the job, which I do in a small sense feel bad for him for because he's getting the opportunity, but it's not anywhere near the chance he should be getting. Um, you mentioned Alfred's line. I want to get into that when we come, uh, when we do return here in the Blue Horseshoe Pod. And also, too, 
two interesting post-game quotes I see trickling in from Frank Reich. I want uh, I want you to react to George because it's it's confusing for me. I wonder if you're on the same page. We'll get into that when the Blue Horseshoe Pod does return. 